chapter 9, How to Prepare to Pray. We have seen, and I believe, introduced some areas about prayer which need to be understood and to be developed in our lives, and also grown up into, and of course used by every believer in the church. But I would like us to have some simple goals about prayer so that we can start our journey in prayer or we can go deeper into prayer. And one of these goals are how to prepare to pray. Or we could say, what are some goals which we have or we need to have which come before prayer? By what we have seen so far, prayer is diverse, but really needed. Not just for yourself, but for others too. Prayer, in a sense, is a Christian experience with God. It is also a biblical experience with God by His Word and the truth that comes from the Word. It should also be a progressive experience with God too. We all need to grow up into Christ as Ephesians 4, 14 and 15 says. So prayer is a line-upon-line experience with God like Isaiah 28, 10 tells us. You could call this experience an out-of-truth-into-truth experience with God. Of course, we do not need to be spiritual giants to start praying, nor do we start out as mature Christians in our walk with God. Experiencing God in prayer, or actually praying, has caused me to grow in Christ in ways that other areas of my Christian experience have not caused me to grow. In our current day and age, when all around the church the world is trying to pull us away from God, wear us out, so that there is no strength in our relationship with God, and involve us in other areas of life to the place where we have an unfocused relationship with God. Prayer is important, and placing yourself on a plan which is conducive to share time with God is very important. It is like the spiritual idea of self-control. We may know about self-control, but engaging in the simple practice of controlling yourself will stabilize your life in everyday life. So also, the placing of yourself in times away from the hustle and the scurry of our everyday lives is so needed. Note Matthew 6.6, 6, But you, when you pray, enter in your closet, and when you have shut the door, pray to the Father who is in secret, and the Father who is in secret shall reward you openly. Matthew 6.6 6 speaks about having a time of prayer as being alone in separate place apart with God. And since God really is everywhere, this idea about being apart must be for our benefit, the Christian's benefit. When we consider the idea of being in secret with God, or in a secret place, you might say, we can imagine a secluded place with God. It would be a good to note here that going to this kind of separated place is also going away from the busy lifestyle which every one of us seems to have. Matthew 14, 22 and 23 describes a time of prayer which Jesus had as going away to a separated and being in a silent place to take time with God. Notice Matthew 14, 22 and 23. And immediately Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the boat and to go before him to the other side, while he sent away the multitudes. And when he had sent away the multitudes, he went up into a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. 
We need to see the simple idea out of these texts about being separated or separating ourselves from noisy places. And as it is stated here in the 22nd and the 23rd verses of Matthew 26, Jesus sent away the crowds. And I'm sure that being with them was being in a noisy place. This would mean Jesus at times walked away from all the commotion of life to be still and be away from that commotion. Notice Matthew 26, 41 and 42. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Matthew 26, 41 and 42 describes a time of prayer as a time or a kind of reliance relationship. Even though this verse specifically is speaking about the type of prayer which we call the prayer of submission, this verse really does show that we need to hear from God. And Jesus again was away from the crowds in a quiet place, which this 26th verse calls this place an enclosure of Gethsemane, or a small tucked away spotter place. Notice Panin, then comes Jesus to them unto an enclosure called Gethsemane. And he saith to the disciples, sit here while I go yonder and pray. The EBM text says, then Jesus comes with them to a small spot, being called Gethsemane, and says to the disciples, sit here until I have gone away there and might pray. Or stating in this idea here in these two texts is the simple idea, this wasn't small enclosure. It was a non-public, non-busy place. And this does show that Jesus sought out this kind of place to seek and interact with God. We have already seen that we need to pray and to have interaction with God. But for us, this must mean that our surroundings need to be quiet and peaceful. Again, we are the ones who need to get away from our busy lives and to have a place where we can have a time being aware of God more easily. We are the ones who need to hear and to participate with God more than him with us. I call this idea the God factor. He is the all things are possible one. He is the all-knowing one. He is unlimited where we are limited as humans. We need his direction, his guidance, his assistance to expand our human limitations. So being able to be quiet enough to hear from him is really one of the ideas of how to prepare to pray. This God factor idea is way too important. Knowing God is very much more than just our prayers to him. I have been married for over 43 years, so that face-to-face -face time with my wife and friend whom I love dearly is and has been so important to me and the growth of us in our marriage. But being in a busy lifestyle with her would not have helped our marriage to develop or to use this as an idea or an example, it would not have helped us to pray and, and understand and get things from God. Being busy would not help us to hear from God. One thing I've learned and surely know about God, God will never change. He will never change. He will be the same tomorrow, even if we do or do not his will. God's word will never pass away or change, either the Holy Spirit. So what is left? What is the changeable factor? The Christian is the only changeable factor, the only one who can and has to change. Notice Luke 6:12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray, 
and he continued all night in prayer to God. Luke 6.12 tells us that there are times when that is all we should be doing is praying, and that would be praying all night long. Luke 18.1 tells us, And he spoke a parable to them to this end, that men ought always to pray and to not faint. Luke 18.1 describes that for the Christian to pray, it will take characteristics of, of qualities for us to maintain in prayer so that we will continue in prayer to its end. That is obtaining results to the end. Let's take a look at some of the character traits which can help us to pray and should be developed in our lives for us to pray. By this 18th chapter, the first verse, it speaks not of fainting. The EBM text says, And he began speaking a parable to them towards it to be necessary for them at all times to pray and not to faint. If we look at the, the verse here in Luke 18 and we look beneath the serpent, we will see that there's a statement here about something which is necessary. The first statement is the people need to pray. We've already seen this, that we need to pray. And then it says this, Kai, May, and Kakain, and not to fail to hold out, you might say. This last Greek word here is a verb. It is an infinitive verb, meaning in this context, to fail to hold out, or literally, to not have any inside holding power or might. This Greek verb comes from two words, en, the preposition meaning in, which also directs us where this is happening, inside of us. And then the Greek word kakeo, the verb which means to cause something to be bad or in a sense weak. It was a phrase which meant to be weary or tired or to even lose heart in something. Or you could say to give up on the inside. This idea of giving up on the inside is not a very good quality to have, especially for your lifestyle of prayer. But the opposite idea that would be not giving up would be to persevere or press on or even to refuse to give up. The Greek word proskartereo, the verb that means persevering towards, comes from two Greek words, pros, towards, and kartereo, the verb, to exercise might or strength. Because the main root word comes from kartos, and that would be inferring the phrase kratos, the noun for might. The word would mean to exercise might, or you could say holding power. Because this Greek verb for fainting inside reveals to us it really is an inside problem that we have when we give up. There is spiritual idea to this. But looking at these two verses in the book of Acts and also in the verse of the book of Ephesians, we can see it is possible for us to have perseverance or this holding power and also to develop it. Notice Acts 1.14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus and his brethren. Acts 6.4. But we will give ourselves continued to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Ephesians 6.18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In these first two verses, in the 14th verses, we see here the present participle active voice, Hamathumadin. And of course, this is meaning that all these Christians were persevering in prayer. And then if you look at this phrase, Hamathumadin, it tells us that they were like-passioned, and that's what this word means, like-passioned. But this idea of the book in the book of Acts 1.14, we can say this Greek word proskartaruntes, the present participle active verb, meaning persevering here, 
can be developed inside the believer. Because like Hebrews 4.12 tells us, there is an inner passions. We Christians have inner passions and inner thoughts in our heart. Or the believer can have inward heart passions by truth or information from the truth, which we think. That is having truth inside of our hearts by words which we can think on the inside. The second Greek word here found proskartoresomen. This is the verb in the future indicative active verb of the same Greek word persevering towards. It is used here in the verse stating in the future tense active voice. The first person plural and this active voice, we, it would sound like this, we will persevere towards. And this grammar states it is a future idea and also because of the use of the active voice, which is the relationship between the person and the verb, it is then the person making a choice here. It is a choice. And then in Ephesians 6.18, proskarto reise, the data feminine singular noun from the same root word is used in or with all perseverance, praying, meaning that we need and also it is necessary to have greater levels of perseverance to be used in prayer. The idea is clear then. Perseverance is a part of prayer. It is important. So this thought of having perseverance or spiritually developed perseverance, which would be important, especially in our day, because the world around us is trying to get us to look or focus in different directions or to be focused on something other than God. And as you can understand, the focus which you have on the inside of you determines your passions inside. If it's the world view or the world's ideas, then something that God has won't be your view. So the believer needs to persevere in prayer. For we need to develop this aspect of quality called perseverance. If we are not normally persevering person, then of course we can develop this and it should be developed in our life. Notice here...